you know what that sound means? It's now streaming. Now you gotta ask yourself, did I watch three movies or four? Welcome to Now Streaming. Now Streaming on Now Streaming, where we learn what we are now streaming. I got you for 15 minutes. We're streaming along because it's now streaming time. Anchor has given Davi a penny. It TPYD is a free podcast. This week on Now Streaming. Welcome to this week's episode of Not the Podcast You Deserve. This is our now streaming episode where we talk about stuff we've been streaming. I'm your host, Kyle, along with Drew with the U. That's me. Supposedly handsome Drew. Uh, I've been told I'm, you know, better than some. And we have again with us guest host, Austin Chandler. Austin, say hello to Dale. Dale, I'll text you soon. I don't know. We didn't talk about this beforehand, but I think we can all agree that Austin has to be top five best guest hosts we've ever had on this show. I think easily top well, five. I, best. How many of you had? I would I say would, of the four that we've had, I would put him. I would there. absolutely agree with your assessment, Kyle. There's, I think yeah, he no brings a lot to the it. show. And uh, I'm fired up to hear. Uh, go ahead, Austin. What's up, man? Uh, my wife, MK, would like to tell you that if you ever do a Twilight podcast, a You've Got Mail podcast, or a uh, Amanda Bynes in uh, That's What a Girl Wants and She's the Man, she would love to be a guest. I, I just wanted to let you know. If you ever have a podcast about those Done. movies, she's she's ready. Listen, MK and I might do our own spinoff podcast where we just talk about You've Got Mail every week. Every week. You should. Just- Break it down scene by scene. God, I would bring, listen. Bring, hey, will you bring me on the episode where you talk about whether or not they're both emotionally cheating on their partners or not? <laughs> they absolutely the are. The I don't know why. Okay. It's not like, yeah. <laughs> it's not a debate. Man, do you see this movie? How have oh, you not good. seen this movie? It's been my favorite movie for 20 freaking years. And no, I, I think that's what's kept me from watching it. It's the same Stop thing. It. It's the same no, movie. No, stop it. I hate <laughs> I hate both of you. Don't same do this movie. to me. Different universe. I thought your um, favorite movie was Phantom of the Opera. Is that right? Everybody here knows too much, and we should Back just move on. On the tracks. So this week, uh, I got a chance to watch Cut Up on Peacemaker, uh, which is a fantastic show. Austin, are you watching Peacemaker? Do you know of Peacemaker? I know of it. I'm excited to watch it. Uh, I've been I've been watching other things, but yeah. I'm I'm very excited. Well, I, I don't want to kick this to you too soon, but like, what other things are you watching? I've just I just blazed through The Witcher seasons one and two. Um, oh yeah, and then I watched Yellow Jackets on Showtime, uh, and that was fantastic. And okay. then I I also watched uh, the movies Hell or High Water and uh, Sea Biscuit. Okay, oh, wow. one of those is really good, and one of those sucks. And both of them won Oscars. Seabiscuit doesn't suck. It's just a kind of boring story. But, you know, yeah. sometimes movies are fun when they're boring, because you're just kind of like, I know that what's going to happen is fine. And uh, of, that'll be great. Speaking of boring movies that you think are fine, you watched Power of the Dog, right? Yeah. So Drew Allen and I both uh, watched Power of the Dog. I think Drew Allen only got th- like halfway through last Still time halfway we spoke. through. Still halfway through. Good. Yeah. Uh, what did you think? And uh, do you agree with us that even though it's bad, it's going to win all of the Oscars? I, uh, I, 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 when I saw it, I texted you and said, I liked the movie. And I want to say I didn't necessarily like the movie. I understood 
that like it was good in certain ways, but yeah. it was, uh, it, I, I will say I, one of my soapbox opinions is that like, we don't need two hour movies or two and a half hour movies. We, we can go back to making hour and a half long movies. Like I miss them so much. And I felt like that movie, they just stretched out an idea a little too long. It, it just, the right. scenes are so slow. I liked the plot a lot and I'm very plot first. Um, but huh. it is, it's just too long. That's how I felt. I've made it uh, a little bit farther into the power of the dog. And listen, I love bandanas and scarves as much as the next guy. But do we need Benedict Cumberbatch making love to it for three minutes? Well, to be fair, <laughs> was that, have you ever met Bronco Henry? That's a good point. It's a fair point. I can't say that I have. I mean, his his handkerchief might be like really really good. Got I mean, some stank on Henry, it, Henry. After all, no, okay. no, I did like I did like that. A big theme of that movie was the influence of Bronco Henry, a man that we never see, and yeah. uh, he was not in the film at all. Yeah, yeah you so. never once see him. Yeah, that was wild. Um, um, I will say to something Austin said uh, about we don't need crazy long movies. I did see on Netflix this last weekend that they have an entire category just called. 90 minute films oh wow and i was like thank you netflix for giving us what we want uh yeah. it's like hey i know you maybe don't have three hours here are some good movies that are just you know 90 minutes or less go nuts that's cool i like that um and then uh you know this week i watched the last duel uh which Ooh. i don't know do, do you guys know anything about last Duel? did you hear anything about it when it came out Yes. yes. Uh, I've just been waiting for other people I know to see it to tell me yeah. if it's worth my time. I mean, yeah. Ridley Scott, Matt Damon, right. Ben Affleck, that girl from Killing Eve. I mean, oh, <laughs> Jodie Comer. What's not to love? Jodie mm-hmm. Comer. That's her name. Killing yes. Eve is good too. I feel like I don't. It is. Yeah. I feel like it doesn't get enough pub. Maybe it did a while back when it first came out. I don't know. Um, but yeah, Ridley Scott. And this movie came out like two weeks before the other Ridley Scott movie about House of whatever gaga no it's not it lady gaga house House of gucci Gucci. that's the one Uh, and uh i i want to be i want to be delicate as we talk about this movie because it hits on some really really rough stuff but it and it it, i feel like it should have come with like a disclaimer at the beginning of the movie like you're gonna see some rough scenes um but it was really cool that there are like six to like eight kind of like plot points that you get to see from three different people's perspective. And so the movie really only encompasses like six to like eight like scenes, but you just get to see them three, two to three times. And like from each person's perspective. And it was really funny to see like through Matt Damon, who's like the quote unquote hero of this movie, though they're all terrible. Like he is like the cool guy. He's the one who like saves everybody on the battlefield. And he's like the guy who's like charming and like great with his wife. And then you see it through uh, Adam Driver's perspective, who's his, who's the bad guy, the antagonist, and Matt Damon's like tripping over himself, and he's like, he's, like falling down in battle, and like people need to save him, and he's like the worst to his wife. And then you see it through Jodie Comer's perspective, and like they both are terrible, and they're both are bad people, and they're they he's a crappy husband and stuff. So I think from that uh, from that point of view, it's a really good movie, but there are some really rough scenes that are like really tough to get through and i don't know why ridley scott like like made you sit through the scene twice i don't know why he did that um but i do think it's a good movie and i think it's 
uh, a really interesting take on um, like how, just how different perspectives, you know, every, every story has got different sides to it. And um, it was interesting to, to get through. Um, and, but this brought me back to like, this is a movie about like two like knights from like uh, France, like 18th century France or something. And they're kind of speaking in like kind of British accents. Like Matt Damon's just kind of like goes away like halfway through. Mm-hmm. Ben Affleck tries to do a British accent for like his first two lines and just out and doesn't try again. And I'm like, okay, so this is a lot of like the, what was the movie Enemy at the Gates? Where yeah. it was about yes. whatever people speaking in Brit- British dialect and it was about so, France or something. I can't remember. Russian. They were Russian. Russian, whatever. Yeah. Bad guys, all of them. Uh, so that was that was interesting. And then the last thing I was um, Austin. I know you're a scary movie guy as well. I'm kind of I've adopted and been inherited into a scary movie family, so I'm doing that now. Uh, but Archive 81 is on Netflix. It is not necessarily scary, but it is like super tense and kind of creepy. And it's a it's a show, and I'm really enjoying it so far. We're four or five episodes in, and I think it's pretty good. It's really good. It's really well done. And it's not necessarily like jump out at you scary. It's more just like this is super creepy. Please stop. Um, but Austin, so you're nodding along. Did you watch Archive 81? I haven't watched it. I was nodding because like I do love horror movies, as you said. And one of my biggest pet peeves is like a horror movie that's not scary. It just yells at you. It just yeah. makes you jump because it doesn't actually even scare you. It's just kind of like quiet, quiet, and then boom. And then... Yeah. Uh, so I much prefer a creepy movie. I mean, I think yeah. that's that's even more accurately is what I like in the horror genre is just movies that like kind of unsettle you throughout. I saw a tweet today that said like horror is a genre that makes us confront basic truths about ourselves. And then it was like, for example, what if a guy was standing there or what if someone had a weird face? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's funny. Uh, but those are the two the main things that I've been watching this week, along with Peacemaker, which I can't say good enough things about. Uh, Crawford, what have you been streaming, man? Uh, yeah, in, in addition to some of the other things I've been just watching on a consistent basis, like I've mentioned before, uh, Peacemaker, Boba Fett. Uh, I mentioned last week that my wife and I are watching How I Met Your Mother. Uh, so we're uh, in the middle of season two right now, which is really fun watching her enjoy those jokes that I enjoyed a decade ago and watching them still stand up um uh still watching the sopranos just booking my way through that there's a lot to get through uh but the the main things i jumped in that were new this week were uh always sunny in philadelphia i love that show a lot and i watched it a lot growing up and then i kind of lost touch with it when i was in college and then have seen a lot of episodes uh sporadically since then and i just picked up in season five and i watched the entire season yesterday because that oh, show wow. is so funny. Um, cool. I I can't, I mean, like it's a certain type of humor, like it's not for everybody, but it is really funny. And there's a reason it's now like the longest running sitcom, like on yeah. television. Um, I think it's incredibly funny and incredibly smart for how dumb they pretend their characters are. Mm-hmm. And I think that's part of like what makes it really great. And they're all the worst and they know they're the worst and they don't try to hide it. Sometimes like really cringy shows are hard for me to watch. Like the office. I've talked about it before where it's a show where it's a bunch of normal people trying to be good, normal people, but they all are the worst. 
this show is like, they're all the worst and they know they're the worst. And like, we can all just suspend reality for a little bit and just laugh at them. I think, I think they've talked about how like it was a show initially about what if a group of people, whenever they wanted something, they would do anything to get it. And it doesn't like they will go through shame or pain or whatever as long as they get whatever the thing is they want and it could be something ridiculous, but they're going to figure out how to get yeah. it. And I, I love that show. And it's when amazing. my brother was trying to get me into this show. <clears throat> he bought me season four on a DVD set. And I was like, watch the season. If you don't like it, you know, just walk away and don't ever think about it again. And I watched all of season four of it's always sunny in like a week. And I loved it. I laughed out loud so much. I cried. That's the season that's got the wild card episode yeah. uh, with Charlie Day. And and for some reason, I just, I felt like I needed to take a shower afterwards. And like, I just felt dirty and gross. So I stopped watching. But fair enough. is it worth my, is it worth me going back and watching from the beginning? I think so. I, I oh, definitely yeah. think so. I really like it's, all it's great. guys. I think they're funny. Oh, I've just always, I, I watched that for the first time la- uh, last year, Drew. Like I had never seen it and I blazed through all of it on Hulu. And I just, I was like, this is basically like Seinfeld was awesome because everyone just sucked, but they didn't necessarily like suck outwardly. They were still kind of cool in the show. And this show's just about the exact same premise of like these like terrible people but they're all like disgusting and they're not trying to hide that they're terrible they're just yeah. in your face they're I just owning it. it so and uh when danny devito comes in in the second season he like actually called them and was like i really love your show i want to be a part of it and they're like all oh. right cool well you're gonna be a disgusting character he's like great let's do it uh and yeah. he really <laughs> owns it it's amazing he's, he's amazing uh, but outside of that, the other two movies I watched this weekend were Midnight in Paris, the Woody Allen movie. Um, okay. And I absolutely love it. Uh, I don't love all Woody Allen movies, to be fair, but this one specifically has been one of my favorites uh, for, I don't know, like 10 years now. Um, it, I don't know if you guys have seen it or not, but it's Owen Wilson is a Hollywood writer and he's taking a vacation with his fiance in Paris. And he's like got this, glamour romanticized vision of paris and france and like oh wow wouldn't have been cool to be here the 1920s and let's walk around paris in the rain and whatever and rachel mcadams is like ooh, gross that sucks like i want to go to this fancy restaurant i want to go buy jewelry whatever so one night he goes out and uh gets in this like old car that pulls up and it transports him back to the 1920s and he hangs out with guys like the fitzgeralds and ernest hemingway and pablo picasso and Salvador Dali and like all these things. And it's like, a it's kind of a cool vignette into, Hey, here are some famous historical people that you might think of and how they might interact with modern day Owen Wilson. And, <laughs> uh, and it's a, a whole story about, you know, romanticizing the past, but it's a really fun movie. And if you like history or historical characters at all, it's kind of fun to get lost in that for, you know, an hour and a half. Have you ever noticed that Rachel McAdams absolutely loves playing characters who are married to people who can time travel? Oh my gosh. About <laughs> time. In, she is the time traveler's wife. She is in about time. She's in that movie and she's Dr. Strange's partner. And he's like the time guy. That's like his mm-hmm. dad. So mm-hmm. God about time, man. That's tough. She's typecast. Oh, great movie. That movie makes me yeah. cry. <laughs> it's the time traveler. 
Wow. <laughs> that is I, a I, there's a podcast in that somewhere. Yeah. There is. Uh, yeah. Midnight in Paris, I think I really would enjoy, but it was one of those movies that we watched in school and like cut around <laughs> it so much. I was like, mm, this is a school movie. Uh, this is not this is Last of the Mohicans level movie. <laughs> Makes Not. me feel very old that people were watching that yeah, in school. No doubt. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> I remember uh, we we watched 300 in school and I was like, this is awesome. Really? <laughs> uh, the, the other thing I watched this week was the original Ocean's Eleven, uh, you know, with the Rat Pack and Frank Sinatra and Dean Martin and Sam Davis Jr. Oh, wow. And, uh, I don't, have you, any of y'all seen that Ocean's mm. Eleven? All right. I'm not going to ruin it for you. But it is very different than the current Ocean's Eleven. Um, yeah. How many still, people do they have on the team? Eleven. And they're still trying to knock off some Vegas casinos. Sounds uh, similar. The Bellagio, the Mirage, the Jim Grand. No, it's a different, it's a different set of hotels. Uh, but it definitely has like that 1960s, 1970s vibe, which is like, hey, four people walk into a room. The camera's going to stay right here for 15 <laughs> minutes as people mm-hmm. walk in and out and it's basically just on stage acting, um, yeah. w- which was fine, but there's just a lot of dialogue. And when I looked into it an hour into the movie and I was like, they just got the team together. <laughs> like, what are we doing guys? Um, it was still fun. It was still a good movie, but it definitely uh, is different. So I would, I would recommend watching it. It's fun, uh, but it is not, it's not your son's Ocean's Eleven, is what I'll say. <laughs> Interesting. Hmm. And we owe you from that time at that place for the thing, and we'll never forget it. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Drew Allen, what have you been streaming, man? Yeah, those are some great recommendations. And I like to hear that somebody got on the the uh, classics bandwagon. Um, I'll, I'll have to put that one in the rotation. I did Ocean's it for you. Eleven. I actually had you in mind when I turned it on. Oh. Well, that makes my heart happy. I did not get a chance to go down that route. I was pretty busy this week. So the only movie that's new that I got around to watching was Encanto. Have y'all heard about Encanto? Every time I've come into the house three times the past two weeks and my wife and my daughter are watching that movie. And every time I come in, it's at the song where the real strong girl is oh yeah picking up the house or whatever uh-huh and like that song sucks oh so, i mean no, i'm sure like that one message. you're probably not gonna like any of the music in the movie oh really that's one of the yeah, better I've... ones i will say the one oh, no. on the film is the music is not quite as polished as you come to expect from a disney animated film huh. like the story's got all of the heart all of the like uh emotional is that ethos um that great Disney animated films have, but you can tell that the, that the music is where it kind of lacks, which is interesting because I'm pretty sure Lin-Manuel Miranda uh, is the one who wrote that music mm-hmm. for that, but they, really the so. main uh, actress is played by Stephanie Beatrice or Rosa mm-hmm. from, from Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. 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 And there's also John Leguizamo and a bunch of other uh, people Johnny that legs. I didn't recognize. Johnny uh, Legs. Johnny Legs. Uh, but I, I, I thoroughly enjoyed the film it took me a while to really parse through all of the feelings it made me feel which i think makes it a good film uh regardless of like i think some of my points where it just didn't hit me mainly the music did not hit me the way i wanted it to 
it was it's kind of that music where they they're singing and then they go into rap and then they go back to singing and it doesn't really seem like there's a rhyme or reason to it it's just they wanted to do that because i don't know if that's just where lin-manuel miranda feels comfortable writing this music it's cool to rap that's why yeah but i i don't think it worked out super well that being said i still would recommend you go out and watch this movie because it is a great uh, movie about a family and what happens when you know you have a bunch of talented people but they kind of get like almost brought down to just being that one thing and mm-hmm. kind of the overbearingness of some uh you know maternal figures in your family uh not to get too you know deep about it but i it's there if you want to pick it up and and glean what you can from it i think it's worth your time so i've definitely heard some mixed reviews on it i've heard some people that were like can't stop raving about it absolutely mm-hmm. loved it and then i heard some other people that were like i don't know it kind of sucked and i was like this is really weird for me i didn't know uh i i have no basis for this like i mentioned on the last podcast i haven't seen pretty much any disney movie since like 2015 outside of frozen 2 and now moana i did see moana this last weekend uh i should have mentioned that i apologize yeah. but um I, I don't know where would you rank this in terms of like the last five six years of disney movies you know where does this stand for you yeah like i said it's not as polished as the the frozens or even the moanas so I, I wouldn't put it on the top of the list. I would I would save it if you've got other ones to to watch. But if you've watched, if you're up to date on all your Disney movies, I would give it I would give it a watch. I'd throw it on. It's worth like I said, it's worth your time. It's not as polished. So don't come into it expecting every single scene to hit perfectly, every single moment and beat to really make the most out of it, which I know sounds like a not so great recommendation for it's it. It's not the best one I've ever heard. Yeah, but that's that's my honest feelings about the movie. Austin, did you get a chance to see Encanto? No, I didn't see it. I I will say I saw I saw a clip of Stephanie Beatriz, um, her character, and I was blown away by how her voice sounded. And I've always <laughs> known that she has a higher pitched voice than Rosa, but it was pretty oh. wild. Yeah, because she does not sound like Rosa. I remember yeah, the first time that I saw a commercial where she was just supposed to be herself during COVID, like promoting TV shows or whatever. And she was talking and I was like, wait, I'm sorry. Is that your real voice? Or are you (laughs) doing a bit for the commercial and your real voice sounds like Rosa from Brooklyn nine, nine. And wow. It's so different. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's almost worth a watch just for that. (laughs) And Johnny legs getting some, getting back into, uh, into the movies these days. Mm. Ever since he died in John Wick, oh, he never did he died die in John Wick. No, never. They they left him alone for sequels for future. I for cannot future wait. Movies. You yeah. can't. You can't. If you got a franchise, you can't kill off Johnny Legs. Like nobody's gonna go see the movie if you kill off Johnny Legs. You could kill so, a dog, but not Johnny Legs. Not Johnny Legs. Johnny Legs is more important than the dogs and the cars. There's I can't no, wait. There's a reason they call him Johnny Legs. It's because he's. He carries the movie. Oh, okay. Johnny Legs is in maybe the best musical movie musical of all time. Papa John. To you, Moulin Rouge. Moulin Rouge. There it is. Where he plays the magical sitar. You think you think that I don't know my Johnny Legs movies? No, I knew you would know. I was also positive the other two would not know Moulin Rouge. Although I might be wrong on that. I think. uh, 
Yeah, no. So I was right. Okay, your your silence tells me I was correct. That you... Wait, who were you talking to? Oh boy. Okay. I didn't hear. Uh, I, didn't wait, hear what you said. I did. I also didn't know which Drew you were talking about. I've seen the. said the other two. Oh, I oh, love. I said. I said he was the magical sitar. What are you talking about? <laughs> yeah, we both love that film. Oh, great. Okay, cool. We're over to Austin. What have you been streaming? Oh yeah, Godzilla, King of the Monsters. That was. Oh uh, hell yeah. Yeah, that hey. was a fantastic time. Uh, I, I, you know. Is it the best movie of all time? No. Is it going to win any Oscars? No. But you know what it does do? You know what it does do that a lot of movies don't do? Hell or High Water doesn't do this. It it delivers on what it promises you in the title. It promises you two things. That Godzilla is going to be here and that you're going to find out that he's the king of the monsters. And that's what you get. Then my only regret is that I said to MK, I really like this movie. I I think that you will too. And about halfway through, I realized... She is not. She will not like this movie, but <laughs> that's okay. She also doesn't understand how exciting it is to see Mothra on screen in oh, Warlord 20, 2022. Uh, she was like, I was like, you know who Mothra is? And she was Mothra. like, no. And then I said, Mothra is a big giant moth um, that is an enemy of Godzilla. And she said, sounds like that would get killed immediately by Godzilla <laughs> because it's a moth. And, uh, I didn't have a defense for that. So. Distracted by something shiny. See that one she has a point. She has a point. Yeah. Austin, you talked about Hell or High Water earlier. I watched that movie a while back. I really, really liked it. Um, yeah. Because I thought Chris Pine, Chris Pine was so good in it. Um, yeah. But I can't remember really much else about the movie. What was your favorite yeah, part? Yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's Chris Pine and Jeff Bridges as mm-hmm. a modern day it's a modern day western in west texas and um it's these two brothers trying to save their family ranch by committing bank robberies but they do it in a very smart way where they don't take any money out of the vaults so they don't get any dye packs or anything like that they only take money from the drawers and then it they have this whole plot of how they're going to save the ranch with this money but uh Jeff Bridges is a very racist old Texas Ranger and Chris Pine is one of the brothers. And uh, it's just a really good movie. It's just, it, it, it's, it's also in a part of a, the country that I find very interesting and have lived, which is West Texas and central Oklahoma. And I also think it uh, kind of speaks to like kind of what's happened in that area with like the poverty that is in that area. And that's what, that's why the brothers are, you know, doing this because they have lost their jobs and income and they're going to lose their ranch. So it's great. I really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed it. And if you listening enjoyed a movie that we haven't seen, please feel free to reach out to us at ntpydpodcast at gmail.com or on Twitter at ntpydpodcast. Thank you for listening. This is not the podcast you deserve.